Welcome back to Comfy Nomad's Travel Tribe. I'm the Comfy Nomad, and I have conversations with people I meet on my world travels. This is July 2021, and this is part two of, I guess, the series. I just called it the Magical Typing Drag Queen. I don't know. Did you know that I titled it that? Yeah, I, I heard. Yes. <laughs> so, hi, Miss Timmy. Welcome back. You're welcome. Thank you. This is episode. I have more two. skills than typing, though. I just want you to know. I know, that. but it, it wanted to be magic <laughs> and drag queen. There's way more, way more, but we only have 40 minutes and counting. So. Well, it was. I don't want to say clickbait, but I just did. <laughs> because how many magical typing drag queens does one meet in one's lifetime? Hey, it put food on the table, the typing part for sure. Oh my goodness. That's sure. And there, were, I had a lot of magic up my sleeve. So, well, Which I understand you want to talk a little bit about the magic side of it. The, yes, yes. The physical yes. of it all. And I think I left off on the story around where Estuardo Louis Dancer at Finocchio's had made me over and he went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, as we were getting done. And then he said, I have created a monster and swung me around the chair. And then I said, oh, there she is. Right. Coming back to your six-year-old self. Behind, right, exactly. Behind the was It was huge. It was a huge shift. But what did it take to get me in that, on that day, in that position? First, I was sitting with a professional that had learned his craft from some of the greatest professionals at the Finocchio's Club, and then he was also um, theatrically trained, so he had a lot of theater background and dance background. But he learned the Hollywood method. Now, I'm sure some folks will totally disagree with me hearing this, that all, that all knew Mr. Max Factor himself, but he used... Um, a technique so that the makeup would last. And so there is a real physical step-by-step -step application that some folks use now, but there's also things that have changed over the years. I've noticed on RuPaul that how they treat eyebrows. We treated them totally different. If we didn't just pluck them out, we waxed them over. That's what Estuardo did to me the first time. And then I said, no, tomorrow we're plucking these things and making an, an arch. Um, it was too much work. But he literally melted, had a, a, a face, um, a, a makeup wax that he would apply in, in the um, direction of how your eyebrows grow, which is from the inside out. Mm -hmm. That smoothed it down, and it was it was professionally made or chemically made so that it would move so the first thing is is to get rid of all the masculine in the process and then emphasize the feminine through different layering techniques and basically it's it it's moisture shave within an inch of your life and i'm not kidding um, men have beards that's a telltale giveaway um, when you want to be an illusionist like I did or an impersonator or a drag queen and you want to pass and look real, you have to eliminate all the male um, um, outward appearances. And I'm Italian and hairy and <laughs> and I have a beard and a five o'clock shadow. You had a beard? I, had, I, I mean, I... Uh, I have a man, you know, men have beards, women don't, mm -hmm. you know, genetically. So 
this whole area around your mouth. Oh, okay. And, and I thought is, you is, actually had a full beard. But no, I didn't have Navy to shave it off that day. No, I wasn't. I didn't go bearded until way later in my life. But and that was brief. Um, I had to be clean shaven for my job at the corporate level, so oh. they require or they requested in a requiring kind of way that my position not have a beard or 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 an unkempt looking right so this was back in the late 70s and i guess we should backtrack just a little bit so if you if listeners have not listened to the prior episode in june you should definitely go to your podcast app and make sure you listen to miss timmy talk about his evolution her evolution how do i the evolution the evolution because there's he he he, she, they, these days, I'm yeah, yeah, the evolution. Here we go. Right. Well, it's not these days. That's a whole other subject on, on, on title and, and how you um, perceive yourself to be and what label you perf- identity they use now. But back in the day, we would say a label. Mm-hmm. But that's a side story. You wanted to know more about the, the construction. Right. Because uh, I asked uh, about it last time because there were so many questions from right. when watching what RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. How could anyone transform to such a degree that I, looking at that person, I would not have ever guessed that person is a man. Again, eliminate the masculine features and enhance the female features. That's the underlying principle. So that means shave close and... Um, either pluck your eyebrows or get them smoothed over in some way. We used wax back in the day of, of specific wax for that purpose. I actually went to Lou Serban's. Um, uh, Estrado gave me a list of things to get after this initial visit, and he says, you, these are the essentials. And it was basically all theater layer mm, uh, theater level makeup. makeup, and Lou Serban's was a theater shop. And lipstick was not on a tube, it was in a pot. And powder, translucent powder was microfined. And just everything was theater level um, quality. Mm. Um, the foundation was, was heavy that, that he used. It was, it was thick. Then. It wasn't this water-based thin thing that a woman would use. This was I was wondering, the, like, why couldn't she just wear women's makeup? You, you in some cases you can, but and and you can, but I guess our beard, I wanted to rough, be yeah. professional, <laughs> and I wanted to use what the professionals did, and mm. I wanted to be a star and do it right. And so he did use the Max Factor treatment, which was a heavy, you know, well moisturized canvas, um, so that the application of the products that you would use for the different layering techniques and for shading. Um, contouring. Did you get your nose contoured like a Kardashian? You don't need it's to. Not You're surgically. <laughs> no, but but there's, you use the makeup to you contour. Use contour and you use it in a, in a lot of places <laughs> that you want. Oh, it's not just the nose. Right. And oh. so there's there's a general idea that if you want it to be highlighted, you use a lighter color so it comes forward, mm-hmm. and a darker color so it recedes on a flat canvas that's that's right right you know so if i'm it's a five-hour transformation for both face uh, face alone for me when i got it narrowed down to my schedule was an hour alone the prep ahead of time hair removal shaving showering um because 
uh, again, being Italian and depending on what I was going to wear and what numbers I was going to oh, do. There's right. underarms, there's I was chest, say, you, did you have to back. shave your armpits if you were wearing yes, a sleeveless top? Oh. I did. Some people didn't. It was, that was horrific. But that's a whole different type of drag. It's called gender effing. I won't use that term. But, but that's... That's a whole different drag where you leave your beard, you leave your underarm. I saw that on RuPaul right. as well. Where that's that's was... gender effing. Okay. Okay. But I wanted to be a, an illusionist. I mm -hmm. wanted to pass. I wanted to be real. I didn't have a fantasy. I knew exactly what was going on inside and down there. <laughs> uh, and that also needs treatment as well you know it has to be placed strategically so it doesn't show and your underarms and your chest hair and then if you have back hair and you're wearing a low back gown and you have hair only down above your rear and your dress is going down to the crack you've got to sh get that shaved that usually means i had to bring in a friend to do that because me in the mirror couldn't get every inch of it. Oh wow! Know? There was so, no la there was no laser hair treatments like there are today. <laughs> they had just started actually. Mm -hmm. oh. um, um, and it wasn't laser; it was electrolysis. Ooh, I tried that one. Oh. Where they send a, 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 a of electricity down, and it kills the root, and the and the hair is removed, and that's the end of that. And hopefully it doesn't come back. It does, but you have to keep shocking until you shock the crap out of it. You know, wow. shock the life out of it. But hair by hair, men it's easier than women because men generally, after shaving, and 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 it's in their genetics that they, the hair is grown. It goes back to caveman days. So when they went out to get the food in the winter, that they had protection. Women didn't need it. They were in the cave taking care, making the meal, and take care of the kids. So. They, you know, it was a, a, a weather-responsive, climactic evolution. So with that in mind, again, we're, we're eliminating the masculine and enhancing the feminine. So, right. so it all starts, uh, then, I don't know if you ever heard of an epo lady, but if you're I was going, there, oh my gosh, we had a mind meld because when I was a kid, yes. Yes. We saw the epo lady on, on TV. And I found one at a yard sale in 1986. I still have for three a dollar. of them. And I remember I tried They're, it and it was like, ow, ow, ow. Oh and I no, remember my dad like took me. Outside, he took he unplugged the epilady, he threw it out into the deck. He's like, I want to watch TV in peace. I don't know what you're doing, but because <laughs> it hurt, right? It was like, ow, okay, ow. So certain barbarians of, of the past that have come back, reincarnated, invented this the product. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I used my it on my arms. <gasps> and the reason ow. I used it on my hands and my arms is I didn't want stubble because it rips your hair out to the root. It's yes. like waxing, but it's like three springs sideways oh. that rotate, Why are you and they grab me of this? and they grab and pull it <laughs> off. But when it's gone, at the end of the night, my five o'clock arm shadow wouldn't come for five weeks. Wait, I'm just looking at the hair on your arm. You did an epilady on that, girlfriend? On no, oh, that yeah. is so. That's too yeah, much hair for I an epilady. At this age, well, at this age, I have a, a lot less. And, oh, and, the pain. Right. A lot has never grown back here. It just was ripped so many times it never grew back. You when should you have see been... my legs, you're going to scream. <laughs> Yo, that's right, because you're I, full Italian. Are you full Italian I'm, on both sides? Uh, no, but I'm predominantly Italian and Belgian on my father's side, on my dominant side. You're basically a white boy. 
You got a lot of I'm hair. A, a North European, Northern European hairy boy. Because I was, when, you know, the nice thing about being part Asian, I only have, Asians have no body hair, basically. Mm-hmm. And I only had to deal with the epilady from the knee down. Right. There was no body hair, basically. I don't, do you see any body hair? No. Yeah. No. And I, I would see my other white friends. You wait. And you I was wait. like, it, It'll come when you're 60. <laughs> what, the... Oh, yeah, when your genetics change and when you start developing your male side through aging. What? <laughs> because my oh, hair my hair production has shifted on my face. I, <laughs> I, you can't see a, the beard line that I have no. from shaving last night. But it used to be really dark hair. Now it's white hair under there. So it, it's doing drag now would be tremendously a lot easier. Let's get back to the <laughs> to the preparation for an hour. Not only... Did I have to shave parts of my body? I also did not want that dark mustache beard, which means after you're cut, you still see the black. Oh, I, I see that's an outline. Underneath, uh, yeah. It's underneath. It, it's and You have different layers of skin. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So, so your hair starts like in the first layer. And by the third layer, which sheds, there's a second translucent layer. Somebody call you and correct me on this saying doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> so i learned in beauty school but that even though you shave the hair off of the top layer of your skin the darkness is still under the transparent parts so the only way to eliminate that is to pull it out by the root so i would spend 30 what? minutes just plucking a partially grown mustache <gasps> out because I was never going to have my beard show and no amount of cover was going to cover How it. How do you do that? With tweezers, really fine tweezers? Alcohol, tweez- alcohol on, on mm-hmm. prep with, to clean the area and get rid of the oil. So when you start yanking them, you're grabbing them and they're going. If you have still natural oil on your skin, the tweezer will have a... It's kind of like an unautomated epilady going at it on your upper lip this is all just so painful oh it is i'm telling you barbarians from 200 years 400 600 <laughs> they reincarnated years ago, they, they reincarnated and said, and said <laughs> we shall leave, make a company uh, yeah, right i will leave a mark on and, and they're gonna love it they're gonna line up around the block and they did and i was one of them and i have three of them in storage which i will never release just well you know case. the new epiladies are more fine coils it now, don't so matter they're, they're yanking it out by the roots <sighs> this is all right you know care. we should move on because so hair (laughs) removal once you get stripped naked of all the male physical elements including the plucking of my mustache oh my gosh which i did with alcohol on top so the natural so wouldn't slide and then i did it alcohol in my mouth with a a glass of wine so i can anesthetize myself as i was doing it (laughs) so now i go in the shower and shower real well because now i got strands of hair and plucked out hair all over the place so now i want to get start with a free clean canvas then we focus on neck up and then it's moisturize 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 different types of moisturizers i learned in beauty school plant-based moisturizers were best rather than oil-based wait Um, you went to beauty school oh yeah i'm how long did how long is beauty school Oh, 1,800 hours, like six months or eight months or something. Was this part-time while you were typing? Uh, this was after I left the typing world, mm-hmm. um, 
That's that's down the line, twenty years from where I'm at. But anyway, oh, let me wow. get through. Oh, so the, you went to beauty school later? Right, right. Because I had to live, and when I wasn't <laughs> typing for money, I had to bend hair for money. But we learned skincare and mm-hmm. and all of that because I went for a full cos- California cosmetology license. <gasps> really? Oh yeah, and it includes skincare, um, um, hair, and nails. Manicuring, and pedicuring. so you could do my nails. You could give me a I, facial. You top can, to bottom, baby. Oh I my can goodness! Wax everywhere. <laughs> I can wax you. I can epilate you. I can moisturize you. I can slam on some pa- plaster and smooth it out. Paint some color on your face and bend your hair all in one sitting. I could be in drag. Do women do drag? To men, yes. Absolutely. That's an, another side story that comes in the year 1990 when I ran an empire and was known as an empress. We'll get to it. We'll get to it like uh, 10 years from now. <laughs> You're going to so, need your own series at uh, this point. I, I know. Hijacking the Comfy Nomads podcast with good stuff. <laughs> Anyways, mo- now we're moisturizing the canvas and the first step is to put on um, your overall foundation, which is... And it makes you look like one color. You sh- it sh- your skin tone should match the inside of your arm here. This is what your foundation should and should match. Hmm. So it's also how you match your nylons. It's the in, in your wrist to inside of your wrist. Nylons. Oh, Ooh, you had to wear pantyhose. Many, and that's us. We'll get there <laughs> on the bodybuilding part of drag. Oh. Yes, because we. Well, General Motors and I can build a better body, let me tell you. (laughs) So with that in mind, moisturize, foundation. Then you start doing your under-rouging, or that's what Estuardo called it, but contouring. And so we had brown and red and white in different colors. And then you went in and you... You carved out your cheeks with the brown for the depth and the and the red f- to bring it out a little bit and then ride the white on top of it. You could do your nose contouring with dark brown on each side. He liked my chin, but he 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 didn't like my masculineness of it. So the bulbous part of my chin, he would do brown, and then my dimple, he would do white. So it would kind of like flatten out. A little more pointy, or yeah. less bulbous. I have these two big things here that look very masculine. When you squeeze it, it looks like butt cheeks. Uh, Is that what a bulbous means? I I don't know what these things mean. Bulbous just means bulbous. <laughs> you know, there's two of them, one on each side. I never so, would yeah. notice. This is very interesting, the obsession with detail. Absolutely. But it's is critical. it a good... It's right. absolutely critical because you're going to do all your wet application except for one thing first. And then after you get your contouring done, some people shade underneath their chin or, or, or under their many chins. <laughs> uh, so it looks like they have one. They'll put a lot of darkness down here. Oh, you can uh, hide double chins. Oh, absolutely. From, from it, on angle with a light, yes. Oh, when you're absolutely. on stage at a certain angle, yes, you right, won't absolutely. see it. Absolutely. Positioning. Okay. Everything is position in life. Um, so, and then if you wanted to highlight, like if you had dark circles under your eyes, 
you would you would put white they would use clown white to to underneath your before your foundation they would use clown white to get rid of any of like your facial beard mm -hmm. and then uh, your under eyes or if you had bruises or contusions or or moles or something then put your foundation on after your foundation you do all this brown red and white contouring that's what you see them doing so radically on RuPaul that's that at that stage it should be wet once you get your basic frame all contoured and eliminated as much of the masculine as you can and you have a, f a, a female presentation at that point then you get the magic translucent lucent lucerbens theater powder translucent means it 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 sets your makeup mm -hmm. but you can see through it it's not colored you know, you can get colored face powder, which you can use later. But one, at this point, you're dry. And I mean, you pound this stuff on. When they say, go pound your face, this is where the And you see the three stooges and he goes, make up. And they come out with the big, big powder, powder puff. puff. Yeah, yeah. That's because it's so... And this, this, this process is the Max Factor Hollywood process, the layering. Mm-hmm. And of course, then you want to buy their products, you know, because it goes in with because the Because I thought nowadays you have a spray that can set your makeup, but that's, that's at the very end. That's more like well, Aisha. I'll, well, I'll tell you about that in oh, a second because we're going to get to it. <laughs> but but the, this really sets with the translucent powder. You don't want any more shading or contouring or color. Got it. You, you just locked want, in the face. You want this face to lock. So... You pound it in real hard, and then you take a brush, a clean brush, and dust away the excess, and you let it sit. This is where you go get your second glass of wine and put it on your makeup <laughs> This table. is why it takes an hour, because you're letting layers dry? Exactly. Oh, and he okay. had a, Estuardo, back, this was big gold fan disco days, so he had a, two of them, and he would, he would use one on himself. But when he was doing me, he had one on each side, and he fanned me on both sides. He even had a little... Ooh little fan hair and it was a drying mode we'll need drying modes later from there you move to everything else from that point almost everything is dry so that so now you have a basic canvas with contouring all your background stuff of your picture that just emotes it's a, it's 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 valleys and 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 projections and it's just shadowing is what you've got we haven't painted a tree yet we haven't painted a mountain we haven't painted a stream yet mm -hmm. that comes in different versions so but that's dry at this point so after that's on i would focus on my eyeshadows light dark and 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 deep and then there's all kinds of different ways to be creative. You can wear colors to match your outfit. You can wear contrasting colors to your outfit. I used a lot of plums and golds and, and, and taupes um, to just give me a, a pretty looking eye. Smoky, it's heavier because it's at night. Right. So I would get all my shadows done. That's dry. That's in the... That's not in a palette that you scrape off. This is loose urbans in a pot, loose stuff. So you only... Estrada used to dump a little bit in the lid and then he would stick his brush in it and then he would tap it on the side. Tap, 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 tap to remove the excess. I mean, this stuff was mega, mega, um, not strong, but 
It's professional style, so that it goes a long, long way. I still have original under, for almost forty years later, my original contouring makeup, and some of my original shadows. It just never runs out when you use it right, because it's so prominent. So you create your your vision for your eye, and then you would move and and use um, not liquid, but like he used um, uh, a, a powdered mascara with a brush, an angle brush, and that's how he would do his eyebrow. And that's how oh, I eyebrow. do my... I was thinking eyelashes. Right. Do you yeah. do fake eyelashes? Absolutely. you got those sitting on the side. They're already pre-curled. You, you've already pulled them off of the holder, and they're coming very soon. So once you move, once you get your eyes shading mm -hmm. down your eyebrows in place there's a whole technique on that high side we won't go into it but there's a whole way to arc it where the peak is in the center of your eye and it fades by the corner of your eye and, and then you start with your natural and join the three parts and that's how you get a natural eyebrow if on rupaul you'll see them use which we didn't have at the time um is a glue stick that's what they rub over their eye and then they dry to get yes, rid of their eyebrow. And then I they can draw that. one way up in the air. Oh, to get know, rid of it. So to get rid of it stays there. It's just you can then after you use and that dries mm -hmm. that you know then you can make up on top of it foundation and powder on top of that and it makes oh. your your man's eyebrow disappear. Then you can draw another more higher and that's RuPaul, everything is elaborate. You know, Las Vegas, everything is elaborate. If you see the, if you ever get the chance to go to Las Vegas show, and see one of the showgirls up close, you'd be surprised how big their eyelashes is, how how their eyeliner is spaced way above the line of their eye. It's well, you're so far away from them right, in the audience, you right. won't so realize you've got it's a distance, little off. So you have yeah. all of this to think about. Um, after your your shadow is on your eyes, you have to do your eyeliner, which is dry, um, hopefully, or a cream based. But then I would this is the one time I would use liquid. Once I got my basic eyeliner in there, then I went in with my wet eyeliner to make it super sharp. Things have changed over the years. There's cat eye and smoky eye, and things have become more Kardashian style. There's RuPaul's with all the crazy, fabulous stuff that they're doing artistically with liquid on top of the powder, but that's okay. Oh on my gosh, that takes another, what, half an right, hour? Right, and to then there's applications of rhinestones and stuff if you want. I put one in each corner of my eye. Oh, really? So now Does my eye is done, my eyeliner's in shape. That's when I re reach for those pre-ejected off of the glued-down platform eye, um, because eyelashes in the in the, in the theatrical ones they're really quite fragile so then you have white professional eyelash glue that's unscented and it won't you know it won't break you out you got to be aware you just don't use elmer's glue and you don't use perma glue you you know this on purpose and and estrado didn't run a whole line on it he dotted he dotted it so it would self-spread. Then you had a toothpick ready. And so as you placed it your first time, you got it where you wanted it, you know, one at a time, left and right, and used the toothpick. Not a Q-tip, but a toothpick. Mm -hmm. 
blunted a little bit. I see you making a face, (laughs) but blunted so that it would press in there. And of course, you're all lifted up, you know, looking at it. So it's already drawing the skin to a natural tightness. You're not drawing it out with your fingers, but you're, you're just because your eyebrow is lifted so that when you relax, you've already it's adhering to the taut version. So if you do go taut, it don't pop, okay, <laughs> off. I mean, there's so many physicalities. Well, an hour doesn't seem like enough, actually. Right. So Right, but the- all of this detail is important. Then you move to your powdered cheeks, replicating what you did in the contouring to bring them out, dark, medium, light, oh highlighting. Lord. Then you outline your lips with a pencil that's slightly darker, if not completely dark, on, on big stages, I would wear two layers of eyelashes and, you know, separated or together. In, in Las Vegas, that's what the girls do. And my eyeliner may be up a little bit higher than it is above my eye. I did the inside of my eye, mm-hmm. um, the, the inside um, lid of the lower with white. That was Judy Garland's secret. I learned that from that's a Max Factor trick. Oh, yeah, no raccoon eyes. Right, because that pink skin would show up against your white lit, uh, white eye. So you would you would bring it down and run a white pencil oh, okay. on the lower lid so that it would lo- it makes your eyes larger. And then you got lower liner that you got to put on there. And I always did that wet because I could never master it dry. And I, you know... And if you wear glasses, this is f- not a fun time. This is also in front of a, a 10 times magnifying glass because you're going deep. And when you get your eyes done, then you outline your lips. You, the, a lot of us used almost black, if not dark brown, regardless of our lip color, because on stage that defined the lip shape. Things are a little bit different now. People are a little bit more with in, injections and stuff they're a little bit more creative with their lip gloss and, and these lip fillers those right. things we didn't are creepy have those. we yeah. didn't have those in those days so to replicate that mm-hmm. more pouty look more fuller lipped you did you overlined you went further up you know you didn't really outline your lip you created a lip line with a super dark pencil and it still showed as you filled it in with whatever color you're going to use on top of that goes gloss i loved gold gloss because when you're up on stage your light your lips should shimmer um they should look wet if you remember it uh, that girl marlo thomas back in the day well, that was like in the 70s i know That's but he made my- her lick her lips Every oh, time before, I think I saw so that, that with she like would have wet lips, yeah. right? So you know, to, to in order to maintain that wet look, if you remember, there was a makeup specifically lipstick line called the Wet Look um, back in the seventies and eighties. That's because you wanted wet looking lips all the time. That's probably sexually nasty, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but that was the idea that under film you'd have the right. When you're captured, you'd have the right shine on your lips. They would look naturally. So wet. when Eduardo that this first time, Eduardo, yes. Eduardo saw that, I uh, did that to you. It took. Did it take him an hour to? Oh, at make least, it? at least. And so when you went downstairs, or out into the living room to present yourself as Miss Timmy. Oh, our guest, his guest, his wife Patty. He was mm-hmm. married to a woman, uh, even though Eduardo was 
gay, but he was married to Patty. They had a, a relationship that worked. And who's who am I to judge? Um, she was just enamored that he had now basically a daughter <laughs> to play with. Oh my you goodness! Know, did um, you did you ever wind up at some? Because you said he was at Finocchio's. Um, did you wind up there? I wanted to go there, but um, oh, last thing on makeup. Okay. Now we are all done. Mm-hmm. Everything's done. You're looking pretty, and you want it to last. Even oh, that's longer. right. That's right. Aquanet. Hairspray? Absolutely. You sprayed hairspray on your face? You took a deep breath. You closed your eyes. You leaned back and you sprayed till you felt wetness everywhere. You had that fan right there and you fanned until it dried. Could you even move your face at this point? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, but that's the beauty of this application, this mass factor application process, layer, layer, layer. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and Aquanet was great because they had an unscented version, but I like scented version because I didn't feel like I was in drag unless I smelled Aquanet. It was some type (laughs) of Pavlov response. Okay. Do they even make That's Aquanet just today? The face. We haven't and will not today talk <laughs> yeah. about body, how you you contour your a man's body to look like a woman. We talked a little bit about that. All that you have to do so <clears throat> much extra padding and that's right. why your, things are exaggerated. Your, your hip yeah. line and your shoulder line should be the same. So however wide your shoulder is, that's where your outer hip should oh be. Oh my gosh, and men's shoulders are wider than oh, their hips. So gen- you there is no there is no flesh there. We have we don't have childbearing hips. We're not designed our Right. Again, you're working off genetic design. Women have hips for a reason. It's for childbearing so that they will the pelvic region will separate so that you, the child could come down the birth canal. It literally separates the bones down there. And that's why there's all this extra stuff is for the procreation uh, desire. So with all of that in mind, there's bodybuilding, and then there's layering of nylons, and then there's... Uh, Wait, layering of... Ni- you wore multiple layers oh, of pantyhose? Yes. Well, to order, in order to build these hips, oh. you had to start with quarter inch or eighth of an inch feathered foam rubber from the corner of your knee all the way up to your hip that could be as large as two inches depending on how much you and you and we would buy two we would buy one and a half to two inch foam rubber down at in those days they didn't have michaels it was pre-michaels i forget what the name of the place was but it was a fabric store like joann's or whatever Mm -hmm. and you went down there and got nude colored one and a half inch foam rubber squares and you made sure the piece was long enough to go from your the your knee to above your hip line you know hopefully a friend of yours would give you their pattern to work off of and then you could you know so we cut it mm-hmm. with a an electric knife <laughs> because that's what you cut foam rubber with and then you made it in like a feathered a, fe- a big feather and then you feathered those, that rough edge down from the, the width in the middle that brings you the projection. You, you tapered it down. So you tapered it down so it would blend in with your skin. You have to have industrial strength nylons to hold that piece in place. Other people right. pad the inside and pad their of their lower leg and their rear end to make them look like Miss 
uh, foam could, feathers. Right. I said we build a better body than General Motors. <laughs> I'm telling you. Wow. I'm just thinking the only parallel I can think of is of like them. there's two foam of them. around my knees and so butt for roller nurse skating. Nurse tights, That's so old hard. fashioned thick nurse tights is what you hold these in place with because you don't want to see where the foam meets the skin. Right. Well, I have no frame of reference of old-fashioned nurse tights. Are they super thick? Are they like super, leggings? They're, they're is it does it is it like the thickness of this leggings? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay, so uh, like right. leggings. And usually the toes are cut out so you don't die. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so or I would, cut out my toes. Would they wear leggings today? I wonder instead of nurse tights. I now, well, Danskin makes all kinds of layerings of, uh, of, of levels of thickness, but I always look for nurse nurse tights um, i can't imagine wearing all this padding again right. and then on t so that was nude colored mm -hmm. skin colored for me which is caucasian so it was a beigey color and then i'm again trying to get to this color then you put on a regular pair of dance skins on top of that then you put on a pair of nylons to smooth that out this is all to make a body and you don't have to shave your legs okay however wearing that many all of that does wear off your legs. And then on top of that, you wear fishnets, nude fishnets, because that adds curvature and muscle to the leg. How many so, layers are you wearing? Yes, One, at two, least four. I was going to say five? Four to five. Just to hide the evidence. <laughs> 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 that you're not a girl. So what was the first time the that girls, you did all, well, you all went fully girls, in drag? Well, like Eduardo that. gave me his and, and mm -hmm. showed me how, and he gave me his to go home and measure. Mm -hmm. I, no, that's not what happened. We had round two for body, okay? Oh, because he had only done your face. Right, right now right. that I recall. And we, we came back over with our one-and-a-half to two-inch foam rubber, he measured our shoulders, and then you make a circle to, you know, to get it out to where you want that to be. Mm -hmm. And then it, he told us either get one or two, two inches to see where we would get to. I'm 5'7", 115 pounds at the time. So actually, I'm not a big girl at all. I'm fortunate. I can wear an off-the-rack size 10 in those days. Off-the-rack, full-length, beaded ground, size 10, Perfect fit doesn't fit a man of 5'7", 115 unless he pads because they're all built for the woman's shape. Again, enhance the, the female. Well, they were built the for women pear shape. I, I feel like there's a difference here because I got, I was yeah an hour an hourglass repair with hips like I'm right. an apple shape. None of those dresses off the rack ever fit me. Well, that's where the difference is. But in right. general, and so in general, you were trying. They were trying to look for, especially at the time, the stereotypical hourglass or the more common pear shape. Woman. Right. If you were, I wanted to pass. I wanted to look real. So I wanted to wear. You know, I, I wanted to be an illusion of the real thing. I wanted people to go, why did you bring me and call this a drag show? I wanted them, you know, that to happen. Right. I had a natural voice that was lilted up in the upwards as you hear on here, but I can also lower it real low and say, do you like this dress, ladies and gentlemen? How do you like this dress? Do you think it's beautiful? Yeah. Takes a man to wear something like this, <laughs> you know. Oh, to and really bring in I, that. I, well, it's a theatrical aspect right, too. Right. To, right. The illusion. I don't want to say shock value, but magic. it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. It's
it's entertainment. Wow. So Estrada got you with your face one time, that first time, then your body. body, And then then taught taught me about sequins and when to wear them for stage. And he was just fabulous in every way. I was so blessed to meet him. Mm -hmm. Um, So that launched me into the next phase of everything. But you wanted to know about the details. And what a lot you see on RuPaul is now basically fundamental drag 101. We were creating it in the laboratory back then because there was something about the late 70s and the early 80s where, well, it was after Stonewall, gay liberation, um, Finocchio's was fading, there was a drag show on every corner. Everybody wanted to look real and pageantry. We had the whole dynasty thing. and, and, and Oh, the soap opera that, dynasty. Right. We had something to, you know, and J.R. Ewing and Sue Ellen and all of that. Oh, Dallas. Dallas. All those soap <coughs> operas in the 80s. That all influenced. And then there was Bob Mackey on the Carol Burnett creating all those... Show okay. Fabulous, fabulous gowns for share. There were these. It was ultra woman. If you want to talk about the the female uprising, you know, this is after Bella Ab- Asbug and 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 burning of the bras and the now thing. This is all when all of that that work our our forefathers and foremothers invested in in civil rights. And then into gay rights or sexual freedom rights. Um, and then trans rights, you know, really didn't come until the 2000s. You know, um, 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 and then women's rights, of course. That was all back in the late 60s and the 70s. I was the first generation to enjoy these rights. Without having to fight for it. Exactly, yeah. or hide from it. It was right. almost embraced. It was fun. Disco was going nuts at the time. It was okay to have a drag queen in your family. You know, it was fun. <laughs> Uncle Timmy. <laughs> Uncle Timmy. <laughs> wow, so Don't what, what, what was your me. first performance then? It was, Estrada worked at this dive bar that was pre-punk rock. This is all before all of that. This is 1979, 1980. I was barely 21. I was in my first relationship with a man, live in love, married, quote-unquote married, or or monogamous relationship. I was Mm. exploring, you know, back to the Madonna thing of mine in the window at five, six years old. And, you know, this was all coming out. And I thought, I can do this. And I can be like Estuardo. And he had a friend named Vicky. And she was a little rough around the edges, but a heart big as gold. We, you know, at the end of the day, we looked something like um, Tu Wong Fu, the three of us. You know, one was one was Mexican elegant and one was, was um, um, Spanish, rough around the edges. Um, edges and then there was the white queen you know. <laughs> so it was kind of very much like Tu Wong Fu the th- trio of, of that and I was their baby and then Vicky got a side oh, oh, so we went to this a club called The Sound of Music it was a little alley bar with a parking lot next to it alley means 
it's only a storefront wide and goes really deep and has a second floor and a basement. And um, it was a re it was a, a retro club that that had kind of like rock bands and this and then turned into a punk bar kind of right after we were there. But it was called The Sound of Music, and they featured drag shows on Friday and Saturday nights. And it was usually Tenderloin Queens doing it. Sex workers going up there and men that liked transvestites or transsexuals, that was their thing, mm -hmm. um, um, would come and see the trannies. You know, I was not a transsexual and I wasn't a transvestite. I was an entertainer, performer, illusionist. Did not have any sexual hangups about it. Uh, you know, I did not want to be a woman. Estrado, as, as we start to wrap this, Estrado taught me, always remember, you're a man underneath. So I went to The Sound of Music. Estrado was headlining. I got a, I got a Friday night gig with Vicky because that was when um, Estrado was headlining. So Estrado talked to the owner. We got free drinks and 20 bucks. And for the night, and drink tickets and 20 bucks. And then all the tips that we would make, people would, the, these Guys that were into this and maybe wanted to pick you up and take you home afterwards um, would tip you dollars and then they would buy you drinks and then you would socialize them. And, and oh, so lunch. you just socialize, you didn't like sing a, or dance or do a skit oh, on no, stage? I, I lip synced. You lip synced. I lip synced. Karen Carpenter first. Oh, what Karen uh, that, Carpenter uh, saw? Oh, all of them? Like, oh, goodness. Um, um, we've only say, just begun. We've only just begun. What about Sing? That was on Sesame Street. That's another story, another day, another what? Another, so another you know that time. <laughs> you, you lip synced. I sing. did, did not lip sync that. I sang it live, <gasps> but not in drag. We should sing but it that's live. That's a whole story. Before we, should, we need Miss to sing Timmy. this live at but some it, point as uh, a duet. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We can do the <laughs> la 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 part. <laughs> I auditioned for a choral group with that song when I was in junior high school. <gasps> Oh, I and heard it in Sesame Street when I was four. Shut <laughs> up. I was 15 or 14 or something. My voice was changing, and it was easy to Aww. do. And, my, and they were setting me up for greater things in my life. That's, a, that's where I got my theatrical training was in, in high school. And that all led to what I'm talking to you about, how right. to walk on stage, how, how, how to carry yourself, understanding directorial um, direction, um, the language, there's a whole stage language and stage craft and stage presence is a learned thing. I mean, a lot of people have it naturally, but there is a science behind how you face an audience. And that's, that set me up for um, Karen Carpenter. And I wasn't Aww. impersonating, or I was just using We've Only Just Begun, but I knew how to enter a stage, and I knew where to stand, and I knew how to position my feet, because I was stage-crafted. Oh, were you wearing heels? Oh, yes. How high? Oh, probably two, two and a half at okay. that time. No, these stiletto things were not around. And, and Good, probably a good thing. Right. <laughs> and, and I just basically stood there and sang the song and moved around the stage, and Vicky was like the stage mother. Move forward, move forward. Watch this guy on the, on your right. He, you know, stage right on your right. You know, he 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 was telling me, and we all called each other. He, mm -hmm. you know, 
Estrada was a he, Vicky was a he, you know, and then maybe when we were in drag, we would say girl or she or whatever, but out of courtesy. <laughs> but generally, we, we understood and that we were boys and this is what we were doing. And so they coached me into what I would later become later. And that was my starting point on that stage that night. And I knew this was for me. Very, very cool. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess we need a part three, huh? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, something we talked about before starting, before hitting record, was last time we talked about RuPaul mm -hmm. and his spirituality Yes, that came through on this YouTube video, which yeah. I did mention. Uh, I'll mention it on here. If you go to blog.comfynomad.com, I did post a link to that video. And I found, I don't know if you saw it, I found a... Um, clip of Finocchio's Connie Chung and Doing another an anchor yeah another anchor's like well we thought we were coming to a drag queen <laughs> it was 1980 and hey, yeah. look at this this is not what we thought that was my era yes so Estorado I, may be on the film right so I embedded those into blog posts with the with last month's episode oh. so I'll go ahead and add this episode to that as well but in terms of spirituality, was there anything during this time of the transformation being on stage, looking back? Because you probably weren't thinking about that as you were living it at the time. I, in my core being from the day I, I came out, I knew I was created to be, I know this is going to sound bold and you know me very well, but what I'm about to tell you, you'll understand. I knew I was sent here to do great things. I knew from day one that I was in my family was to be kind and compassionate and that I would do things that would change the world, big things, huge things that were going to monumentally shift um, things. I just knew it from, you know, I wanted... I, I wanted to be a priest when I was in first grade. That, you know, I wanted to live that a life one to many of... influence. Right. Too. I wanted to live service. Mm. As well. I'm also thinking right, one right. to the many The basis of that is, is serving people, humanity, yeah. right? Serving our humanity, mm -hmm. um, both male and female. I knew that coming out. That was my mission. That was my, that's my destiny. Uh, how big it would get to where I am, am at 63 now. I've had some really good touches with some really great things. I've, I, I, my, I did some fantastic things in my corporate life. I did fantastic things in my drag life. I'm kind of famous in both arenas. Did I make the top 10 on the hit parade? No. But I did make contributing factors. There were people still to this day in both of those industries in the realms that I am. My name is legendary in both of those arenas. And now the work that I'm doing is very spiritual-based, and my name is legendary here, as you know, because you're part of my spiritual family and spiritual community here in Oakland at our center. And I've done some great things. I'm very proud of what I've accomplished, and I'm not, I'm not done yet. No, you're not. I can, I, I can feel that. Clearly, yeah. not done yet, and I'm, I'm, I, I, my destiny has been strong. You know, now 
did I that that's what drove me all this time did it evolve easily oh no but I kind of knew from the Estuardo experience this was something I needed to do I had already mm. started working for, I was 19 20 21 fresh out of the navy and working in 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 for major communications company in the Bay Area at the time before the you know the split off of the, but it was a Bell System company before it was right, split, split up into, in 1986 yeah. from the Green decision so so or 83 so from the Judge Green decision and and so I was in the Bell family in the Bay Area figure out you can put the three letters together which they well, you were. know, this was so interesting that many people won't won't even realize that there used to be just one telephone that's company right. called the Bell, right? And then right. they broke it up. Because right. when I was a kid, and yeah, if, that's yeah, we, they started splitting the whole, up. That's a whole nother episode, right? But that but, is something yeah, I forgot about. But that was my job for life. That was where my money came from. It Back said, then, you could have a job for life. In exactly, these companies. And you still can at, at at some of them um, if you get in good. Um, but that's a whole that's an, uh, like I said another I had no college education so I was pulling up for, and I grew up in a poor family in a housing project after my my wealthy father and mother divorced he took all the money and hid it I hope he hears this <laughs> is he but, still alive? yeah he's 91 and the one of the last two of 15 on his side of the family Wow. There were 15. I had 15 Italian aunts and uncles in Massachusetts growing up. I had I what could have been, and this is where we should start thinking about wrapping for this episode. I you asked about my spirituality. I could have I could go back right now after 63 years in this suit and say, "Oh, I've been mistreated and I've been harmed and I'm traumatized and I'm going to storm some federal building because it <laughs> it you know, you know because everybody's ripping me off. I don't have that attitude. I have had a glorious life and I've been handed many tangible opportunities. I made my wealth not college educated, rough around the edges, and even from time to time, vulgar. You're lucky on this podcast that I'm observing the seven deadly sins are not spoken on. No, on you this. said one word where I'm going to have to make an explicit episode so you can feel free to like <laughs> drop any more F, any F bombs or something. No, I just, I, I, <laughs> I said that in our private conversation. I don't think I said it on the air. But with that in mind, I am grateful for everything I achieved, but I had a drive, a spiritual um, compass that said you were brought here for a grand purpose. Don't, there was no don'ts connected to it. It's like, you're just going to do it. I just knew that, that, that I was, I was chosen to represent beauty and kindness and, 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 um, um, service and um, compassion um, that's my nature as we talked about the other, a little earlier and you did not shrink back from it at all you mm -mm. stepped up to it but I didn't think about it it just evolved naturally mm. I didn't start thinking about it till later in my life when I had a major trauma I mean a really bad thing happened we'll talk about that later mm -hmm. but but 
that nine times out of ten is the force that drives one into their spirituality deeper. I see, and that's when, when you, made you the had realization. a crisis, right. and then and then when then once I started exhibiting some physical trauma from this horrible thing that happened in my life, um, that and almost um, right at in my. I want to say when I was 21, almost around the same time, 1979, actually. Mm -hmm. And and I was starting to move up the corporate ladder and starting to deal with with preconceived notions of how business, how you should operate in business as a man. Here I am living the nighttime (laughs) joy on weekends of doing two shows, you know, Friday and Saturday and a matinee on Sunday. And people go in, he's... Uh, his eyebrows are plucked when I walked in Monday morning. It's a whole regime we went through on weekends. I don't know how I'm alive during the 70s and the 80s, man. We did some crazy crap. I should be exhausted. I'm exhausted thinking about it. <laughs> well, we did, but we did it. Um, anyways, it was a glorious lifestyle. But I had a drive and a passion. I think it was a passion and drive of the certain knowledge that I was divinely guided and protected and safe. I can say that now. Didn't know it then. I just knew that I was my destiny was was to be a, a good good person, and that and and it manifested in many ways. And after this crisis came, it made me really challenge. And that's when I started digging deep inside myself and saying, "You've been living an illusion your whole life. What do you What do you mean? You know, life isn't nice. Life isn't good. The neighbors aren't nice like they're supposed to be. You know, Mrs. Jones is really a pervert. You know, <laughs> or thief, or racist, or or something else. You know, that facade started to. And living in the San Francisco Bay Area, there was a lot of cultural change in the in the nineties, and then the AIDS crisis, and a lot of drama around that and we'll talk about that later that's right some of the stories you told me about the aids crisis yeah especially yeah, really when you were rough. really involved with drag in the drag right. community at right, that point right in yeah, a leadership role right that, and and our whole fun we'll talk about that let's let's get ready to wrap but yes but but long story short is i had a drive first of all it was almost an unconscious drive if in a good way so a lot of people don't have an unconscious drive in a good way, depending on how they came out, how they were raised, what influenced them. I could have, bl- I could have, I could have had a post-traumatic birth scenario, but we always looked. My mother raised us to always look on the brighter side of things and to realize how fortunate we are. But I kind of knew that from the day one coming out. And from the original slap, I call it, you know. And we'll we'll end it on that happy note. I was going to say, I think with the original slap, (laughs) boy, I should, uh, I'm going to have fun making a title for this one. And you wonder why we're so messed up as a humanity when the first thing they do is shine a light in your eyes, turn you upside down and smack the crap out of your butt to make you (laughs) breathe. And then toss you over to this nurse with a beard (laughs) that scratches your baby soft skin because she didn't shave that morning, you know, as she's trying to get you all cleaned up. Oh my, a nurse, she, oh, I, this is going to be on for another episode. In my Italian world, 
Auntie Marie shaved, okay? But that's another story. You have so many stories. You really should have your own podcast series. No, baby. I'll (laughs) let you do the work. (laughs) No, I'll do the work and publish it under Miss Timmy Knows Best. Uh, (laughs) That's going to be the title. You're not the first one. Someone (laughs) wanted to do a documentary on this whole body of work from the from the drag time. Well, we definitely have to do a part three, I can see, because from the pictures you showed me last month. It's and 30 that, years. Yeah, that, that era from the in the 80s and 90s that overlapped with the AIDS crisis, right. that's a very powerful story. and For I, all of us. Yes, yes. Uh, for and, everyone, And not I think just there's me. ties to I'm COVID, fortunate. too, as well. Well, yes. Yes, because yes. You, it, AIDS was a pandemic. Absolutely. Yes. Right. It still is. Mm-hmm. It's just managed. Manageable panic. Thank God. <laughs> and the same guy that managed it then is managing this pandemic. Pandemic. Doc- you know, so Dr. Said- Fauci. Yes. Uh, he was there in the beginning. Wow. We're so lucky to live. I, I feel like, and I've said this often, I'm the luckiest person in the world to have so many great things happen to me. And more yet to come. So. I hope so. It all depends on how long that that Aquanet kicks in to gives me some kind of toxic <laughs> reaction. But we'll find deep out down about in that. my bones, there's some <laughs> preservative. <laughs> well, stay tuned, everyone, for part three. I, we're going to have to do a part three. Yeah. I can see that. And again, go to blog.comfynomad.com if you want to see the quote-unquote show notes, which are really just some embedded videos of the things that we've talked about. Right. Um, and I'll see you guys next time.